Welcome to the InterSource Healing Podcast, the program about healing from toxic abuse. My name is Deborah Ashway. I'm a mental health therapist and a licensed clinical addiction specialist, but I also have been where you are now and have experienced the devastating effects of toxic abuse. It has been a long journey through the path of healing, but when we finally awaken from the trance that we so easily fall into around toxic people, life can be absolutely amazing. It's like you can finally breathe, live, and experience life in full, vivid, extraordinary color. I want to help people get there by healing from dependency, codependency, trauma, and abuse. The healing process brings us through long-standing perceptions that have held us back from experiencing a more fulfilling and meaningful life. I am very excited for today's podcast because today I have a special guest. He is an author and a teacher of manifestation. And what I really love is that he guides others in connecting with their truest, most authentic self. And his goal is to help people find inner peace. He wrote books including Words Like Wine, A Piece of My Mind, Letters from Lima, as well as The Manifestation Method. And our guest today is Sean Randall. Thank you so much for joining me in this podcast. It is really an honor to be able to talk to you. It's an honor to be here. I'm, I'm really excited that uh, you're having me. Thank you. Finding inner peace is kind of the core of my message too. So, and in my experiences, including um, as a mental health therapist, it seems to be what it's all about. So pretty much that's the goal in emotional and spiritual healing. So let's talk about your personal experience in finding inner peace and getting to the truest version of self. Yeah, I think the words inner peace are self-indicative, um, that it's, it's something that's inside of us. But we tend to look outside of ourselves um, to find that feeling for whatever reason. And I, I know this, you know, personally, I did that for decades, uh, looking for um, things through career success, material success, great relationships, um, health, all kinds of different things, uh, different paths that I, I pursued. And the more that I pursued those paths, I kept I kept ending up back at the same thing. And that was that I was, um, you know, unhappy. And I, I dealt with um, unhappy is not really a good enough word for it. I, you know, I dealt with years of, you know, drastic depression, um, you know, uh, from 2012 through 2000 and, you know, 16, probably early 16. Um, I, I, my suicidal thoughts went from being like every month to every day to multiple times a day, um, really just suffering in, in that way. And, and my attempt to remedy that stuff was at that point in my life was to kind of fix my career, fix, fix my finances, find a great relationship. And I thought, well, if I just had those things, then I would, I would feel okay. And, you know, what I've learned um, in the last, you know, seven, eight years is that when, as long as we're continuing to look outside of ourselves for um, feelings of peace, feelings of satisfaction, feelings of fulfillment, we'll never find them. And the only place that we can truly find them is inside of ourselves. And for me, um, you know, it, it wasn't a light switch that just clicked on. Um, but after, you know, several years of really 
hard work, I started to kind of figure it out. That is, that was that I wasn't leading a life that was in alignment with my true self. And, and as soon as I started to do that, things started to fall into place. And it didn't mean that everything was perfect by any means. And, you know, even now there's stuff that goes, um, goes awry that doesn't fall in line with my plan. But I realized that that's just that's something that's happening in order for me to kind of grow and progress. And I don't need to understand everything as it happens. And when I lose sight of myself and when I lose that feeling of peace that we all desire, I can kind of quickly refocus myself and turn inward and, and regain it um, much, much faster and realize that when I'm not feeling that way is because I'm looking for something outside of myself as opposed to uh, truly turning inward. Yeah, that's like a lot of people. And especially in um, in toxic relationships, a lot of particularly my clients don't know how to turn inward because they've been in these relationships for so long. It's almost like they've been programmed to not turn inward. How how did you turn inward? How do you do that? Yeah, so it was a, it was a series of events, I think, that really made me realize um, and and start to get on the the path where I learned those techniques. So I, in March of 2020, I went to Lima, Peru on vacation. And um, I was just trying to get away. I, I, my life had gotten, um, I'd gotten it put back together from having hit rock bottom a few years prior to that. And things were going pretty well. And I was a real estate agent in Chicago. So I, it was winter time. I wanted to get out of the cold and I was getting ready for a busy season. I said, let me go south of the equator, find someplace warm, someplace interesting, which, you know, Peru's amazing with all the archaeology just kind of recharge and reset. And, you know, then I'll, I'll be able to get back to it. Well, I ended up meeting um, someone and fell in love at first sight, head over heels, all the cliches. And um, I, I, I was there for a week and then sitting in the airport, she had given me this leather bracelet with an infinity symbol on it. And I thought, I looked down at it. I thought, can this be real? Can this be true? And I was, was, was it true about our relationship? And then if it was, what else was it true about? And I just had this intense moment of reflection starting there in the airport and on the, the way back home. And it, it was the first time in a long time I felt like, man, the universe is really working for me right now. Things are really going my way. And I just wanted to embrace it and and feel it. But it was still at that point, my mind was all, OK, I'm going to have this great relationship and I'm going to have this great career and I'll, I'll figure out how to go back and forth and do all these things. Well, I got back to a sh Chicago and a week later, the you know world stopped turning on its axis and the pandemic shut the city down and my career slowed and um, was quarantined. And I think like most people, I, I spent the first couple months moping around and was pretty just bummed out because here's this great career that I'd spent the last couple of years building. Well, that wasn't happening. And here was this great relationship that I found and that wasn't happening. And so, you know, basically everything that I I felt like I wanted in life was right within my grasp had just been pulled away from me. And so I, after about two months of moping around, I finally decided what is it that's, that is available to me? What's the opportunity that I have right now? And that it became obvious that time was the one thing that the universe was giving me. And the truth is the universe was giving me what I needed before it gave me what I wanted. And so with that time, I said, what are the things that you've always wanted to do? And I, I'd always wanted to get into meditation and I, I dabbled in it, but I, I'd never really given it a solid go where I really dug in deep. And I was able to do that. And I built up little by little to where I was in deep meditation for about three or four hours every day. And so that 
you know, you, that was the question was, how do I turn inward? Well, that that kind of traumatic event forced me to do it because there was nothing on the outside world that I could turn to. I couldn't turn to my career. The relationship, you know, my she's my fiance now. Elliot was, you know, we would talk on the phone and video calls and all that, but she wasn't there. It was different. And there was a connection, a spiritual connection that I felt that it wasn't it wasn't like I had expected or wanted it to be. Right. And so everything that I had been turning to on the outside wasn't available. And the only place I could turn was inside. And so I did that and um, did a lot of uh, emotional homework and hard work. And I'd been carrying around a lot of baggage that I um, was able to let go of that summer and, and over those months. Um, And I, you know, and, and in line with that, I decided that, um, with that time, I could finally, I could be a writer full-time because I couldn't do anything else. Right. So I had my, I had the screen in front of me and I had the keyboard, so there's nothing stopping you. There's no, uh, no reason you can't do this thing. That's been, you know, writing has been a passion of mine since I was young and I'd always done it, but I had never bent it. And that was never who I was. It was just always something I kind of dabbled in and did on the side. And I said, you know what, this is, it's who I am. It's who I'm called to be. And whether it works out or not isn't important. It's just, it's who I am and it's what I'm going to do. And so those, that kind of, you know, that time period and and focusing on those two things really turned me inward. And then when you start to, when you start to feel better and you start to have success and success is really not the right word. When you start to have fulfillment, um, then you go, okay, this is where I should be looking. So that, that's kind of how I got started on it was back then in 2020. So did you notice a shift? You obviously noticed a shift in your life because you started feeling more fulfilled. Did you notice a shift in um, just even like physiological sensations, you know, where you might have been tense or something before? Yeah, that's that's a great question. And and so um, trying to be as concise as I can uh, about it. Um, I had, so I, I struggled with depression and I'd ended up turning to drugs and alcohol and developed a really, um, severe, uh, addiction and just dependence on those things. And so my health had really had been destroyed. Um, and by, um, you know, two, 2018, I made this, I, is when I was like, I've got to get sober and I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I was a cigarette smoker as well. And I changed my lifestyle, started working out and I made a lot of progress with health. And then I thought, well, you know, I can be a normal person. I can have a couple of glasses of wine and I can socialize and I'll go out for a cigarette. That doesn't make me a smoker. I'm just having a cigarette. And I, you know, play these games to rationalize the behavior. And um, eventually, you know, pretty quickly, I started to turn back to binge drinking and not regularly, but once or twice a month, I was, you know, up to the old tricks. And so by the end of that year, I really hit a wall. And which was a good thing because it, it forced me in December of, of that year, 2018. I just said, look, I'm done with this. I have to, if I'm going to salvage any semblance of a, a productive and happy life, I've got to just, I'm, I'm not suited for this, unfortunately. And it's not, it's not anybody else's problem. It's just my problem. And so I, I got sober and I was continuing, you know, I was working out and I was eating right. But 2019 was a really rough year for me because I think my body just needed to clean itself out. I was constantly dealing with respiratory illness. And um, so through 2019, I actually started to really make some big progress um, with health, but there was lingering issues. There always had been. 
And it was in 2020 when I started to, to meditate. And what you're asking me is, did I notice some physiological stuff? I did little by little. In 2021 was really when I had a breakthrough um, with physical health is because I realized that the stress and the anxiety and everything that I would had been kind of striving for and clinging to in my life was actually manifesting itself into my physical body, I had back pain, neck pain. And um, I just, I had to, I just started to realize that um, I was wound really tightly. And, and I never, I, I remember, and I don't remember how I was like early twenties and my older brother was like, you're a control freak. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not a control freak just because you're not organized, doesn't mean I'm a control freak. It's kind of my, you know, thought in my head at the time. Well, flash forward to a few years ago and I'm like, man, he was so right. I'm, I'm just, I have to have everything in control and round up tight. And so that was that tension and that emotional stress was being stored in my body. And so, yeah, I started to let go of that through meditation and through, it was really through having emotional peace and realizing, okay, everything's going to be okay, that I could actually start to physically relax and I still, I still have a tendency to it. I have an inclination to get physically tense when there's something, um, and not necessarily something, necessarily something negative, just I'm trying to work on something. I'm trying to get something done. When I write, I notice a physical tension. And, but now I can just, I take a deep breath in and I let it out. And it's really helped me with, you know, writing and the creative process is to relax my body first um, and really just be present in my body and realize that, it's okay. I'm here. The gravity is going to keep me on the earth. I'm not going to float away and um, nothing's going to happen that isn't meant to happen. And so when I kind of get there, then, you know, the emotional and mental side of it relaxes as well. And then, then all of a sudden the, the, the doors open up to a creative experience. That's really exciting. Yeah. And you, and you talk about addiction and um, dependency that is, I don't think it's any different with toxic relationships. It's just a codependency, but there's still a dependency on that. So yeah. how, how, and you said you got sober, congratulations yeah. and good for you. How, how did you do that? Like, how did you get to that point where you said, okay, I'm not going to be attached to this, these things anymore. I, it, for me, it was survival, right? It was like, I, I either had to do this or I wasn't going to make it. And that was, I, I felt like emotionally I had done that battle for years where it was like, you really have to get sober. You're not going to be able to survive. And at that point it was like, you know, dealing with suicidal thoughts and that kind of thing. At that point, it was like, you physically can't keep living this way. Um, I, I knew, I, I knew I just had a really short shelf life. And so it was, I had asked myself a question, is life worth living? Do I want to do this or do I not want to do this? And, and the answer was that I wanted to do it. And for me, I just, I realized that if I could just take that addiction and that dependency out of my life, which by the way, hadn't been fun for a very long time. I mean, it, it's a parallel to a bad relationship where it's like, you're in this thing and you know that it's not good for you and you're not enjoying it, but you can't, you can't get rid of it. You can't get it out of your life. And so for me, it was really just a, the, the question of how was, it was just a matter of survival. I knew I just, I, I had to do it. And I don't want to say that it was easy once I made that decision, um, but I really, once December of 2018 happened and I really, truly made the decision, I didn't, it, it, it didn't look back. And, you know, there's Jack Canfield said something that I, I cling to, which is a hundred percent, or excuse me, I said, I'm starting to say that backwards. 99% is a bitch and a hundred percent is a breeze. And that's the truth when it comes to 
um, anything that we're clinging to. If you just let go of it, if you just quit it, and and that's your decision, then it's much easier um, to to you know follow through with it. And so, and then once you do it, you start to get confidence little by little. You know, even a few months into that first year, it was like I can do this. I've got some wind at my back. And I'd have a setback where I'd get sick and I, I had, I got pneumonia in July of 2019 and I was dealing with vertigo and I'd been diagnosed with lupus. I had all this crap that was going wrong with my body. And I said, well, you've earned this and you just have to keep, if you don't want to live like this, you just have to keep pressing forward with it. But I knew week by week, month by month that I was building the confidence that, yeah, I can, I can do this. I can, I'm, I'm, I've got everything that I need to fight this battle and win. So, and then once you, the, and then you can apply that self-confidence to everything else in your life. Yeah. Especially once you get all that tension and all of that dependency on external things out of the way. And you kind of yeah. just mentioned it, even in your writing, like when you're writing, you feel the tension. And then when you let it go, what does it just come to you? Is that how it works? You feel like it's flowing through. You said you open up to creativity. Yeah. I feel, so I feel like, you know, there's different there's different phases of writing. Um, but particularly I've noticed when I, like, if I'm going good, if I've got stuff coming out of me and I, and then, and I've got good ideas and then I I'll hit this point, like where it's like, all of a sudden there's this resistance, like now all of a sudden it's gotten harder to keep, to keep going with the thought line. And I'll notice at that point that like almost like preparing for a race or something like that. I'm, I'm physically, I'm, I'm in a tense state because I'm, I'm mentally kind of competing with myself. I'm mentally exerting myself. And so I realize, all right, wait a minute. This is not, it's a natural, normal response. There's nothing wrong with the response. We're evolved to have this um, reaction to things that are important to us, but I have to realize it's not serving me and let it go. And then once I do that, there's just something unique that happens when you let go of expectations. When you allow yourself to kind of be open to that, all of a sudden it starts to work for you on your behalf. And I think, um, you know, I, I always picture like long distance runners. At some point, they hit this, this moment where their body is tired, right? They're exerting, they're breathing heavy, their, their circulation is at full kick. But, but they, you hit a relaxation at that point and your mind just relaxes and you're in the zone, you're in this flow state where it's like, okay, my body's doing what it's supposed to. And even though it's tired and even though it's exerting, it's doing exactly what it's supposed to and you're at peace and you relax. And I just feel like that's such a beautiful metaphor for life that sometimes if you just, you know, when you're pushing really hard, if you just take that next deep breath in and realize, all right, everything's going the way it's supposed to and just relax and go with it and, and it'll work out. And then your your subconscious gets opened up and it, you hit cruise control again. Yeah, you're in the flow. And I, I don't know, I read, I was reading some of your blog and you were talking about uh, creative quantum energy. Mm -hmm. what, can you define that a little bit? Yeah. Um, yeah. Cr creative quantum energy is, so quantum energy itself is what everything is made out of. So ourselves as human beings are quantum energy. We think of we think of ourselves as stuff, and you know, if we like kick a rock, we think our foot, a solid object, is smashed into another solid object, and then it moves. And the truth is that the rock isn't made out of anything except energy. 
it's just a collection of particles which are, are essentially energy so when you break everything down to its smallest form everything is energy so that's what quantum energy is in general creative energy is just identifying the specific energy that is related to the creative process i i believe that the the universe itself is completely conscious that everything that we experience is experienced through our consciousness um and so to me the whole construction of the universe is a conscious mental experience and so when I say creative quantum energy, what I'm talking about is is the the stuff that makes that experience happen and that we we live through, and you know the the best way to harness that and to tap into it is to realize that it's what we are ourselves, and so it goes back to what we were talking about before, whether we're looking inward or outward. Creative quantum energy is attracted to um, ourselves being aligned with who we truly are. It's really attracted to gratitude. Gratitude is the number one conductor of quantum energy in the universe. And so quantum energy, just like all energy, it has different vibrational levels. And so the rock, the energy that's inside of a rock is vibrating at a really low level. The energy that just gives us normal everyday consciousness is is vibrating at a much higher level. And so we we experience the difference of something that's living and, quote, not living there well within our living beings then you can start to elevate your own energy to much higher levels and you do you do that by letting go of your attachment to the material world around you and and realizing that you just need to be yourself and you just need to be open to who you are and what the universe has in mind for you and i feel like um we we sometimes forget that it's okay to ask the universe for what we want and when i say that i think the best way to achieve that is really ask the universe, you know, this is who I want to become. This is who I am. And this is the best version of myself that I'm trying to create. And then make a plan and say, this is what I'm going to go after. This is who I want to become. And as soon as you make that plan, and as soon as you make that effort, then let go of it and just say, you know what, I don't know what's going to unfold next. And I don't have to know what's going to unfold next, because I know that the universe is working on my behalf. And that any potential setback, or any challenge that I face is just me being refined into the person that I'm choosing to become anyway. And so it doesn't always, it doesn't always appear to me right away that things are working out in my favor, but I know, and I trust that they are. And so, you know, creative quantum energy is that process of shaping your mind and your subconscious to be really in flow with the universe and to be in, in a connection with your, that, that you yourself are the universe. You know, Remy said, um, you are not a dr drop in the ocean. You're the ocean in a drop. And, and that's a real powerful truth about the nature of our existence. And so once we realize that who we are is, you know, a, a conscious expression of energy in the universe, then it's easy to um, start to realize that there's other things that are available to us in the process of consciousness and creativity and, and that. And so I think just living in alignment with who you are as a person and being focused on who you're trying to become and what your place is in all this is important. And then letting go of those expectations and just saying, you know what, the universe is going to unfold on my behalf. And I'm I'm anxious and excited to see what it's going to be. And when it doesn't turn out my way, that's okay. Because I, it's just, it it is, it is turning out in my way. I just don't understand it right, right there in that moment. Yeah. That's beautifully put. I love it. Um, how do you, how do you view a toxic relationship as far as the impact that it has on somebody's 
you know, ability to connect with that or their truest self on both sides, you know, the person that is causing the impact and the person that's receiving that. Yeah. So I, I have a uh, real world experience with this. I, you know, was divorced. I was married uh, in my late twenties and very short marriage. Um, and I, um, you know, in that particular instance, I, I think that the, I don't know if the relationship was toxic in the, in the, the typical sense, but the relationship wasn't a good one. And we, we probably shouldn't have gotten married. The relationship wasn't working well for either of us at that point. And, you know, I carried that with me after that divorce for years. Um, and that was, you know, really what led, led me down the path of um, drinking and drug use was that I felt like this thing that was so important to me, this relationship that meant everything to me, because the I'm a hopeless romantic. So the idea of love and the idea of partnership, that's that's everything to me. That's everything that I had wanted. And so for me to fail at that um, was was really heartbreaking and really heavy. And and flash forward to the next serious relationship I had, that was a toxic relationship that was it was fueled by um, uh, alcohol abuse by both both people and and. You know, there was a lot of yelling and screaming and name calling and and stuff like that. It was it was a horrible experience in my life. And by the time I was done with it, I felt like I had no value as a person. And I certainly didn't want any part of trying to be in a relationship or start a family. And so I had I had gone through this cycle of of making that that was the most important thing in my life to, well, I'd better figure out something else about life because I'm I'm this isn't it. Um I wanted I wanted no part of it. And so I, you know, it it really devastated me as a person. And now the, I can I can look back and go, well, that was because I was placing an undue um, level of importance on on an external relationship. And I was I had an attachment to romantic love that I needed to uh, properly address and deal with. But, um, you know, there's no way that you could be in a in a toxic relationship and then also be secure like be successful and fulfilled on, in any other part of your life. It's just, it's not possible. Relationships are such a core part of, of who we are. I think that somebody can be single and be very fulfilled and have a wonderful life. I don't think that relationships are necessary, but I think once you're in one, um, it's it's impossible, I think, to um, have any level of fulfillment or, or joy in other parts of your life because let's say you're escaping your relationship to your career and you're having a, a great career. And so you can experience this momentary feeling of joy and happiness, but, the, but you know, as you're experiencing that, that you're going to, that that's going to end and you're going to have to go back home and your life is going to be hell again. And so it really doesn't matter what else you might have going great in your life. At some point, it's all, it's all going to suffer because you're suffering and because you're, um, you know, mental pieces is, is going to be an anguish inevitably. And so you could put it out of your mind. Um, and I, I did that. I was in, you know, really that toxic relationship for a couple of years and I was able to compartmentalize it when I would go to work or when I would go do something else. But, you know, at first it's like, well, as soon as you get done with that, you're like, now I got to go home. Well, then it starts to be like midway through. You're like, man, I wish I could just keep doing this. I wish I didn't have to go home. And it's, it just starts to weigh on you more and more and more. And so, um, there, there's no way that I'm aware of, um, to have a toxic relationship and then have, you know, fulfillment and satisfaction in other areas of your life. 
I mean, I agree. What kind of advice would you have for our listeners that feel like they're stuck, maybe financially or other reasons for whatever reason, or maybe it's, you know, like a child parent, you know, situation. What advice would you have for them? Yeah, I, I think um, that feeling of being stuck is something we experience all the time it, and all kinds of different things. And so the first answer is that you're that we're literally not stuck. We feel like we're stuck, but we're not. It's important to understand that. It's also important to realize that that doesn't minimize the feeling and it doesn't minimize the experience and it doesn't minimize how difficult it is to get unstuck. Um, I, I think, you know, you, you brought up um, children and, and you know, that obviously if somebody has a child and with, with somebody they're in a relationship, you know, that the answer of like, oh, well, just, you know, the relationship's bad, just end it, isn't a real easy one. I, I think that we we tend to overestimate the value of of parents staying together for for children when the relationship's bad um it's probably or it's possible to have a better um experience for the child and be apart i think when two people aren't suffering but that is not my level of expertise that that's not somewhere i i feel comfortable advising people on but what i can say is is whatever the gravity of the decision is between should I leave this relationship because I have a child or something much easier, which is I hate my job. Should I find something else that I'm, I'm better suited to do that I'll enjoy? You know, the answer is always understanding who it is that you are first and foremost and what you're trying to become, not what you're trying to get, not the things that you think are out there in the outside world that you want. And so, you know, specifically in relationships, I feel like a lot of people stay in them. And I, I did this because it was like, well, I can't be happy if I don't, if I'm not in a relationship. So you stay in a relationship, hoping thing, that things get better and change, and then you can be happy again. And the the truth of the matter is that the true joy and true fulfillment is something that comes from inside of you, regardless of the outside um, circumstances. And so, um, uh, Victor Frankl wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, and, and Victor Frankl was in Nazi concentration camps, and he decided that while he was in the camp, he decided that the way he was going to survive was that he was going to search for the reason that all this was happening, and he was going to find ways to think about beauty and love and dwell on a positive outcome. And so we're all capable of doing that. You know, the 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 key of that story is that he he looked for what the, the opportunity was and it was focused on himself and it was focused on his mind. And he said, I'm I realized that what happens between my ears, what's going on inside of my head is what I that's what I can control. The other stuff around me, I can't control. And so, you know, when somebody's feeling stuck, that's the place you have to start is to realize, OK, I the way I'm feeling right now is a choice. Understanding that being stuck is a matter of choosing what you think, and the very next step that you take is a step in the direction that you want to go. You can't get you can't get five years down the line without living each day to get there. I love how you describe that. I love how you um, talk about creative quantum energy. I love how you relate everything to energy. And toxic relationships usually are pretty violating. That's half the problem. There, they're violating boundaries. Would there be a way to define um, boundaries using a metaphysical perspective in order yeah. to maintain that. Yeah. So if I were to say, I think the hat you're wearing right now looks ridiculous. And and for those who maybe can't see, Deb's not wearing a hat right now. So that is the dumbest hat. I can't believe you picked <laughs> that hat. Why would you possibly wear that hat? 
and then you could you could come back to me and be like, "We're on a podcast. Why are you talking about a hat?" And you could start to, you know, but I would, but my response would be, "Well, I'm just giving a metaphor. It's not something literal." So when something, you know, to the point, like you don't internalize my insult about your hat because you're not actually wearing a hat. And so I think the the boundary that has to be created is that anything that's said about you is somebody else's opinion. It doesn't mean that it's true. Now, if somebody says something about you that's negative and you believe it, you believe it to be true. You have to start with yourself and say, if it is true, then I need to then I need to work on this and improve it. If it's not true, well, then that's them. And it's not me. And it's not going to affect the way that I approach anything about my life. It, it's it's literally useless and meaningless to me. And so that, that to me is the first boundary is understanding that the thoughts I have. So we're, we're bombarded. Our TVs, our smartphones, we're getting information thrown at us all the time. So now in our modern world, it is particularly difficult to, to discern which messages are coming from where and which messages are our own brain, which messages are our outside of us and all that stuff. And so understanding that boundary and saying, all right, that's something outside of me and I can't control it. If I really truly believe that it's true after I've thought about it, then I can I can work on that. And that's something that I can improve on possibly. You know, I, I get feedback all the time from my partner um, about things that I need to improve on. That's one of the beauties of a great relationship is I have that, I've, I we formed that bond. I trust her that what she's telling me is true. But that doesn't mean that I that, that I feel bad about myself. It's just something I need to work on. So I think understanding that what we think is our responsibility first and foremost, and then filtering those messages that we do accept from the outside and realizing, all right, is it an opportunity for me to grow? Because none of us are perfect. And the the, the joy and the fulfillment of life comes with us working towards who we want to become and the progress that we want to we want to make the feelings that we have when we reach success and achievement and outcomes. Um, and even the feeling of, I want everything to be right in my relationships, that stuff doesn't last. And even people who have had, had trouble in their families, whether it's cousins, brothers, sisters, children, you have these moments where it's great and it's exciting. And then, and then you, that moment never lasts. And so true lasting joy and fulfillment is inside of us. When it comes to relationships in particular, our relationships are either getting better or worse. And, and we have a choice of, of what we're doing to improve that. And it starts with improving ourselves. So if you're in a toxic relationship that's horrible and not working out, if you know that you're doing your best to become a better person and doing your work on that relationship, you're going to feel great immediately. And you're going to keep that with you as long as you keep that progress going of saying, you know what, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to be the best person that I can be in this relationship. And if it's not reciprocated, you just keep, you just realize that that's, that's their issue. It's not because I'm not doing the right thing. And it, it eventually here's what I've found in relationships that if you're doing the right thing and pouring in a solid effort to become better at them, people will generally reciprocate and the ones who don't generally just drift out of your life because they don't want to be, they don't want to be around somebody who's trying to make things better and constantly trying to improve and make progress. Um, and, and so they tend to work themselves out as long as you put the the effort and the concentration on yourself and then be willing to be the, the number one thing is start with forgiveness. Forgive the other person for anything that's already happened. Forgive yourself for anything that you may have done. Ask for forgiveness. 
um, that's a really important place to start. And if you're offering forgiveness and asking forgiveness for somebody and they're not reciprocating, that there's not much else that you can do. But once you've done that, no matter what their response is, you'll feel liberated. You know, it doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect and rosy, but you'll be liberated. You won't be you won't be suffering in that situation anymore. You'll just realize this is this is something I have to make the best of right now. And it's making me a better person. It's bringing me closer to the best version of myself that I'm trying to become. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. And forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting, but forgiveness means letting go. And it's it, it is you're right. Like understanding you're doing everything you can do. If they're not, they're probably going to go away at some point. They're going to leave your life one way or another because yeah. they're not trying to be the best version of themselves. And by contrast, they don't want to be around you. And I think, you know, what you just said there is what makes it hard, right? We we can, everything we just said can make perfect sense to most people. And then we, but then we stop and we're like, but what if they do go away? You know, mm -hmm. and if it's a family member or a romantic group. I don't want them to go away. I want I want this person in my life. And there there is where you have to have a lot of faith to just realize if that person's exiting your life, the universe is going to replace that. Um not just with the internal stuff that that you feel yourself. The universe will put other people in your your life um and that that you'll have a far more um gratifying and fulfilling experience with those relationships. And so sometimes that's that's part of what it is with relationships too. Is just allowing yourself to be free to, and opening yourself up to, to some other people, right? And being exposed to new relationships and not clinging to the ones you have. Well, I think um, that's the attachment component right there. That's where it goes yeah. back to addiction, where there's something that they're getting out of that relationship, whether and you know whether it's actually healthy or not. I mean, just like with any substances. You know, it, it, when you're taking it at that moment, you're you're escaping, you're feeling good. It's providing something, some yeah. escape from something else or, you know, the way you're thinking. And then it's no different in these relationships. So you're right. It does. It goes back to. But what if they go away? You know, what What if I have to never drink again? What if I never you know, I'm never able to just fill in the blank again? That's the fear. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, that's where. I, I could just tell my story uh, and say that I promise things will be better. When when you let go of those things, uh, the universe will replace them with uh, outcomes that are far more gratifying. And I, I mean, that's that's the powerful thing that I've learned, you know, from 2020 flash forward to 2023. You know, there's been there have been challenging things that have happened in my life um, and some of them um, amongst the most challenging things I've ever um, faced in my life. And yet just on the other side of that is something that is just far greater than I possibly ever could have imagined working out for myself. And so that's the, to me, that's the faith that I have is that things will work out better than even I think they will for myself. And so that's what happens when you let go is that your, your hands are now open to receive whatever um, the universe has in mind for you. And, and it will be better. I promise it'll be better. Thank you so much for saying that. That just sums it up. Thank you. You're exactly right. That's exactly the message that I have experienced that I'm trying to get out there to just my yeah. listeners, people that are suffering from this, you know, trauma bond codependency. It's still, it's still a dependency. It's still an addiction, but you're, you're right. It will be better. Let go and it will be better.
Is there anything else that you want to add or that you that I didn't ask? As we wrestled with these issues out loud, it, it always causes me to to think. And I, I think that hopefully that's what co- has come through for people in our conversation is that just keep keep trying and keep growing. And I think that's that's the one message I I really want to drive home to people is that if you're feeling like you're that it's hopeless and you're feeling like things can't get better, um, that everybody feels like that at some point. So you're not alone, um, but it's worth it. Keep trying and you'll get there one step at a time, one day at a time and just decide who it is that you want to become and focus on that. And everything else will, will fall into place and will work out. And when, when we're facing challenging obstacles and things we don't like, it's just the universe giving us what we need before we get what we want, but it, it will, it will deliver uh, the, the desires of our heart, if we allow it to, we get in our own way. So just, you know, I have to remind myself every day, Sean, just get out of your own, get out of your way and the, let the universe do what it does and things will work out. Yeah, exactly. I think all of us do. I think that's the daily human challenge. Just get out of our way, get out of our way. That's, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate your time. And also, by the way, I did download your book. I'm looking forward to reading it, The um, Letters from Lima. Thank you. That's great. I appreciate that. You'll enjoy it. Well, thank you again so much, Sean, for sharing your valuable insights and your experiences with me today. Your perspectives on healing from dependency, codependency, unhealthy relationships were truly enlightening. And I really appreciate the time that you took to join me. Sean Randall's expertise in energy healing and his unique approach to working with clients who have experienced trauma is truly remarkable. If you're interested in learning more about Sean's work or if you would like to connect with him, you can find him on his website at seanrandall.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-R-A-N-D-E-L-L.com. And don't forget to also follow him on social media channels for more information and updates. Thank you again, Sean. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Inner Source Healing Podcast. It is important to give yourself the self-compassion that you deserve. And remember that your feelings matter. If you want more information or if you want to contact me, please visit my website at www.innersourcetherapy.com.